Let's pray. I want to share some thoughts about, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like the enemy has been on the war path. Have you been really feeling it? I mean, this is not just last week. I mean, this is the last three or four months. Would you agree? I mean, in years. I mean, he's always, he always is on the war path because he hates the kids of God. He hates the sons of God and daughters of God. Um, and he's always trying to thwart God's work and hinder God's work. As Paul said, Paul said, we would have come to you. In the book of Acts, Paul says, we would have come to you, but Satan hindered us. So he, he can't hinder the believer, although ultimately the Lord is successful and is triumphant. But there is a battle and there is a warfare. And uh, just like when uh, Peter was in prison and the angel came and touched his chains and they fell off. And the angel said, quickly, move quickly. And the doors opened the prison. He says, move quickly, quickly. The, the angel was in enemy territory. There's something that we don't understand fully, but it wasn't like, okay, Peter, you're free. It was like, no, quickly, move quickly. Even Christ as a child was warned by the angels, warned to take the child to Egypt because the enemy didn't know who he was. He didn't know which one it was. He was going to slay, slay all the kids, two years old and younger, and hope to get him through Herod. And they did. They flew to Egypt. They went to Egypt. And then they came back when they were given the okay sign that Herod had, had died. You see in these passages a warfare going on. It's a battle. And you have the, the enemy trying to stop God. And you see, you see God with his angels and his wisdom, you know, strategically saying, do this, do this, do this, go here, stop, go quickly, go here. And it's important that we have that mindset. Some people believe that everything that happens is the will of God. Um, Calvinists teach that. Reformed theology teaches that, that everything that happens is the will of God. That's not true. It's not true. Jesus said, when he came to earth, he said, Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because it was not being done on earth in every case as it is in heaven. And when Jesus healed the sick, he said, my father's will be done because it was not being done. Satan has hindered this woman, this woman that was bent over for all these years. Remember that? Jesus said, Satan has done that. And he came with the power of the father and the power of heaven and healed her because the will of God was not being done. And it was being done when he, in his presence. There's a battle. And this, this, this fatalism, this sense of fatalism that everything that happens is the will of God, it, it paralyzes you. I mean, why pray? And everything, every evil thing that comes at you, oh, God, just God's teaching me something. No. God is never teaching us something by putting sickness on us or, you know, tragedy on us. That is not God's way. We live in a fallen world with an enemy. It's a warfare. Yes, he'll teach us through the tribulation, through the trouble. He'll teach us his goodness, his faithfulness. In the world, you shall have tribulation, Jesus said, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. I'm not going to use the evil of the world to teach you anything. God does not need evil to teach us anything. He uses evil. Pharaoh, give it your best shot. He parts the sea before him. He'll use evil to show his greatness. 
But it's a mentality that is seeping into the church from Reformed theology, from Calvinism, that says everything that happens is the will of God. Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. It's pagan fatalism. It's pagan fatalism that says whatever happens is God's will. It's not true. And that's why we can resist the enemy. We, that's why we can pray. That's why we can ask for things we have not because we ask not. It's not, the scripture does not say we have not because it is God's will. We have not because we ask not. He loves to intervene and to move into our world, into our life, and change things. And I hate that bumper sticker that says, prayer doesn't change anything, prayer changes us. No. That's so weak. So weak. Well, prayer, prayer really doesn't change things. Prayer changes us. Oh, God. No, prayer changes things. And yeah, prayer does change us too, but prayer changes things. You know, Elijah called down fire from heaven and it fell. And the prophets of Baal could do nothing about it. There needs to be a new passion, a new zeal, a new desire to bring God into our world and to resist the enemy, to resist the devil, to speak truth, and to know that he is willing and able to do abundantly above all that we ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. So the enemy is at work, and the very first trick of the enemy is to just get you to believe that everything that happens is... Is God doing it? Man, what a, what a coup, de, what is a coup, coup d'etat? What a coup d'etat is that? Where he just says, well, I'll just sit back and do all I want. They'll just blame it on their dad. So I just really, the scripture is, is clear that there's this warfare going on. And it's not like God versus the devil either. It's not like the devil is equal with God and they're like in this tug of war. No, he's a created being, an angel, a fallen angel. The scripture says in the, in the end of time when Satan is revealed and he, and he bows before God himself, that we will say of this Lucifer, we will say, is that the one? That's the one that wrecked this world, this fallen angel, this Lucifer? We'll actually see how weak he is because his power is in deception he has no strength or power or authority himself his power is in lying deceiving his power is a magician's power because which is not a real power it is a a facade it is the guy that's over here behind the curtain saying pay no attention to the man behind the curtain as toto is pulling the curtain that's what it's like that's what Satan is like. Yes. Jesus, Jesus was bold to say, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, for I give you power to tread on serpents and snakes and scorpions, which is all symbolic of sin and evil and power and demons and everything else. Go in my name and fear not, for I am with you and I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. The authority has been given to the Son of God. God has given him all authority. And so in him we rest. In this bold reality that God is my dad. If you have been f- feeling weary and tired of battling the enemy, that's just part of his plan. The book of Daniel says in the latter days that the 
Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, spirit of this world. In the latter days, the, the spirit of the Antichrist will, will seek to wear out the holy ones, wear out the saints. Sometimes just your schedule can be from the enemy. You know, just people running you here and there and wanting you to do this and that. Demands being put on your life and, and you, I don't have time for my wife. I don't have time for my kids. I don't have time for myself. I don't have time. I don't have time. Ah, ah. And the enemy loves it. The scripture says, They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings, with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they wait upon the Lord. What does that mean to wait upon the Lord? In the Hebrew, it means to intertwine yourself with you as a, as a rope, as a thread intertwining itself around a strong rope. The thread is no longer is the strength. It's the rope that's the strength. It's a strong rope and a, a tiny little thread intertwines around so that the rope itself is holding everything, not the thread. They that wait, they that depend, they that abide shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles. And one of the key things in, a, in, a, in waiting upon him I'm going to say just there's two major things that have really helped me in, in battling the enemy. And the first thing to remember, let's pray first. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you that you, you are king. You are our king. You are the king that gave himself for us. Lord, we just thank you that you love us. You loved us and gave yourself for us. And you have given us all things. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of our union with you. Bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. We are truly seated with you in heavenly places. We sit with you. You with us, we with you. We now can experience you, but you also experience us. You experience us. You're not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities and our weaknesses. You experience us. You know our feelings. You are a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our sorrow of our pain, of our suffering in this fallen world. You came to mend the brokenhearted. You came to set the captives free. You came to open the eyes of the blind. You came to proclaim the favor of God. Fear not. For it is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, this other reality, heaven itself, in the spirit. Behold, heaven has come. In me and I in you, you live where I live and I live where you live. One, fear not. Amen.
two huge things that really helped me in, in um, lifting that shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy that come against us. Two things that really helped me are, number one, is remembering that it is not by our strength or not by our power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. Realizing that it is not what strength we have or power that we have or authority that we have. And in the Hebrew, that's what that means. Not by your strength, not by your power. It means, in the first word in the Hebrew, it means strength, physical strength. Second word, power, means authority. It's not by my authority or my power or strength, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. It's really important to not be discouraged when you feel so weak and you feel so inadequate and you feel so um, unable to do because it never was meant to be us doing it. It's so refreshing to remember it's the Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is within us already as a believer. Joined to Him. He and us. So the one thing I do, one of the first things I do is I remember, remember that old song we used to sing? Not by my, not by power, but by your Spirit, or by my Spirit, says the Lord. We used to sing that in the 70s, I think. But it was... It's so true, not by our might, not by our power, but by His Spirit, His His presence. So that's awesome. That's awesome. It gets you off the uh, the treadmill. It gets you off of, of uh, it, it's it's you're not you're not trying to put on Saul's armor to do the battle. You're not trying to do things. You're not trying to remember the the ten steps to holiness and the five steps to this and three steps to fighting the enemy and and uh, the 10 most important things to know about spiritual warfare. Duh. You're not doing any of that. You're just... as a sail on a sailboat. You lift the sail. The wind is the power of the sailboat, not the sail. So the first thing I do is I remember the Christian life is not a, it's not about a rowboat, you know, and me rowing. It's not a motorboat with gasoline, you know, where I run out of gas. But it's a sail. It's complete dependency on Him. Spirit. 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 The second thing that I think about that is really, really, uh, it was really huge, important, hugely, is this. Remember who you are. And that's one of the main things the Spirit will do. Bring to remembrance the truth, the reality. Who you are. The enemy tempted Jesus and the very first thing he came after him with, it's recorded for our instruction. He came after him and he said, if, if 
You are the Son of God. That's the battle. He has brought many sons and daughters into glory. You are a king, a priest. You are royalty from Him. You are born from above. You are not of this earth anymore. You are from above. You and I, a nation of kings and priests, we are His bride. We sit with Him on His throne, by His side. He our head, we His body. So it's, it's crucial to, to never forget. And I have to remind myself, in the thick of the battle, I have to remind myself who I, who I am, who my, who my papa is, who my father is. Because the battle is right here in the mind. Right here. Remember, he's a magician. The enemy's a magician. He has no power, no authority to do anything except deceive. He's a father of lies. And that's why truth brings clarity, brings peace. The enemy came after Jesus and he said, If you are the Son of God. I did this a while back, but I want to do it again real quick. This, the three temptations of Christ. There's, there's things behind the temptations that speak of what the enemy is trying to do and I think it might help us too the very first temptation was if you are the son of God then prove it basically is what he was saying he says prove it turn these stones into bread you're hungry aren't you if you are who you say you are prove it the enemy will try to move you from a place of complete trust and dependency on God your father in an effort for you to try to prove to yourself that you're a son of God you see that and Jesus responded and said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God he was saying there that no I, I live in complete trust and dependency I'm not going to act outside of that dependency to prove that I'm the son of God the moment he would have done that it would have been sin because he was responding to evil trying to get him to prove that he's the son as opposed to resting and believing that he's the son so the first thing the enemy wants to do is try to move you and I away from that place of dependency a place of the sail going up the place of the wind and try to get you to prove that you say you are who you say you are. It could be as little as, oh, if you're really a child of God, then why don't you give this guy $100? You claim to be a child of God. Why, why didn't you call so-and-so? Why didn't you do this? Why did you fail to do that if you're a son of God? If you're his child, you would have loved better. You would have done this. You would have done that. You would have done this. And the moment you get on that track of, uh, but I am, a, I am a child of God. Okay, I'll do that. I'll give $100. But God didn't tell you to do it. Now you're acting out of guilt and out of yes. condemnation and out of unbelief, trying to prove who you already are. And the enemy's laughing. He doesn't care whether you give $100 that guy or not. He wants you to try to, he wants to rock you and your faith in who you are and get you trying to prove who you are by things you do. Because you can't become by doing. You either are or you're not. You're either in him or you're not. And if you're in him, you're in him. 
And we don't always manifest him perfectly. And we're all, James says we all stumble in many ways and we're all going to make many mistakes. But just because you sin does not mean you're unrighteous. As Clark says so well, a, a righteous man is not made unrighteous by unrighteous acts. A righteous man in Christ is not made unrighteous by unrighteous acts. In the same way, an unrighteous man is not made righteous by righteous acts. It's not about the acts. It's not about the doing. It's about an act of creation. It's about faith. It's about believing what God did in Jesus and who He has made you to be. Uh, Kobe and I, last, yesterday afternoon, we were watching uh, that movie, Cowboys and Aliens. Weird title, but it sounded interesting. So we watched Cowboys and Aliens. And if you, if you saw the movie, it was a scene there where the aliens had taken the memory away from the people they captured. They rescued the people, and they, they, the memory eventually would come back. But there's a scene with Harrison Ford as the father, and I think his name was Tracy, the son. But anyway, they came, they, they came together again after they rescued them from the alien. And he said, and he didn't have any memory. His son didn't have any memory of him. And, and he said, Tracy, do you know who I am? And he goes, no. And he said, I'm your father. That's what God is saying to you and I in the thick of the battle. In the thick of the battle, the father is saying, do you know who I am? Michael, do you know who I am? Because the enemy has us in a fog and we doubt who we are. And you'll hear the Father say, I'm your Father. I'm your Father. And immediately, the memories come back. God before me, who or what can be against me? It's my Father. Father. And the enemy has to flee. Because he couldn't get you to doubt who you were. In the movie Lion King, you have, you have Simba, the lion cub, and he's, he's living outside of who he is. He's got, evil has chased him away, accused him of killing his father, which he did not do. And he's, he's in the outer realms, away from his destiny and and the old prophet comes, the baboon, and comes and he says, he goes, where is my father? He said he would never leave me. And he says, he's here. He goes, where? He took him to a pool of water and Simba looked into the pool of water and he saw his own reflection. He said, that's me, that's not my father. And the old prophet said, look deeper. He looked deeper into the water and his face of his father came in the water. The great lion king and out of his innermost being Simba had this roar that came up the roar of his dad and he heard the voice of his father from the stars say Simba remember who you are see God speaks everywhere through movies through books through people if he can speak to a prophet through a donkey If he can cry out through the rocks, he speaks everywhere. 
Sometimes if the, the pulpits are not speaking for him, he'll speak somewhere else. It's exactly right. And he is. Remember who you are. And that's where you and I come in with each other. Reminding each other. When we're going through hard times, as a body of believers, remind each other who we are. See, the enemy's got the church so screwed up with the gospel of grace and law and legalism that the church is reminding each other of their sins. The church is reminding each other of what we are in the flesh. Scripture says, no, no man after the the flesh anymore, but after the Spirit. Speak the truth of what is in the Spirit. What is the reality in the Spirit to each other that you might build each other up? So until we get the gospel right, the church is going to continue to be a mess because we're just, everybody's just so sin conscious and so self-conscious and so condemning and judgmental and you can't even, can't even get past the flesh. But when you see the Spirit, you can, you can talk to a brother or sister no matter what is going on in their life and you can remind them of who they are. That's, there's more power in that than we can imagine. It's God's way. Peter says, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. What was Jesus' response? Yeah, you are. You better get straight. (laughs) No, his response was, don't be afraid, Peter. Believe only. Follow me. Don't be afraid. Awesome. So the enemy tried to get Jesus to doubt who he was and make him move independently of the Father and prove it instead of resting in who he was. And the the second... Temptation, he came at him from a different angle because he saw this bond between the son and the father was powerful. This trust, this reality of sonship. So then he said this, second temptation. He said, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down from the temple You like scripture? I'll quote you scripture. It is written that though you stub your toe on the rocks, the angels will lift you up. It's scripture. So the enemy came back at him with scripture, again trying to force him to prove that he is the son of God. But what is he after in that temptation? Do you see what he's after? Now he's trying to get him to doubt the love and care of the father. So he moved to this other aspect of the life of the Son of God who lived in this place of dependency on the Father, knowing he was the Son. And now he's moving to tempt the Son to prove the Father's love for him instead of simply believing. Jesus, knowing the Scripture, of course, comes back with another Scripture and says, it is also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God because I need not have to prove to myself that he loves me is what he was saying the enemy backs up now at this point he cannot break the son of God's awareness of who he is he can't break it he can't break it he couldn't he couldn't make him prove he's the son by turning rocks into bread he could not prove he was the son by jumping off the temple He's at rest. The Son of God is at rest in who the Father is, trusting Him, even though He's hungry, 40 days. Rest, not having to prove that the Father would rescue me in, in trouble. Rest. So he, he, leaves, he leaves that 
attack. In terms of making him doubt who he is. And he comes at a different angle now. And he offers him the world. If you worship me, I will give you everything. I will give you the world. And that's what the enemy does to us. If he can't get you to doubt who you are, and you're strong in your faith, and you're strong in the reality of who you are, you're not trying to prove that God loves you. You know he loves you. You know your father. So then he backs up, and then he comes with another assault. And now he seeks to drown your love for God with stuff. With stuff. I'll give you the world. I'll give you that which is seen. He tries to blind your unseen vision with seen stuff. Because if you can blind your unseen vision with seen stuff, faith is weakened. For we look not on that which is seen, but that which is unseen. We walk by faith and not by sight. So he tries to take you and I away from that unseen reality. Having loved this present world, Paul says, Demas has forsaken the truth. Love this present world. Those things are recorded for us so that we can learn from those things and be encouraged by those things. That's why it's so important that we hold what we have in this world loosely. You know, whether it's a house or a car or money in the bank account or job, whatever. Our trust is not in our money, our houses. It's in Him. He can turn two loaves and three fishes into whatever we need. And He's done it for us time and time again. And we've seen it miraculously. John says, what is the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. It's that simple. To believe. To believe that he has taken away our sin. That nothing separates us from him anymore. That he's made us one with him and he in us and we in him. As Jesus said, as the Father, as I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, now I'm in you and you are in me. One. For the, for the Holy Spirit shall come within you, he said, and my Father and I shall make our abode within you. That's what happened. Union has taken place. He is the anchor that goes beyond the veil. In the midst of the storm, the anchor holds. It's beyond the veil. It's in the unseen reality. You are seated with him in heavenly places, no matter what is the storm is here. The anchor that goes beyond the veil holds steady because he has finished the work and sat down. It is a finished work that only, only, only ask that you believe. As they said of Israel, the good news did not profit Israel because they did not join it with faith. The good news was proclaimed to Israel in type by the promised land, but it did not profit them because they did not believe. But you have believed. You have believed. And he did the work. And he joined you to himself. 
bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. He is a high priest that can feel the infirmities of our weaknesses. He is touched by our sorrow. He is touched by our pain. He is touched. He is not a high priest that cannot be touched, the scripture says. You and I experience him. He experiences us. In the same way, through his eyes and your eyes, you see heavenly things. In the same way, in your eyes, his eyes are seeing earthly things. It's very powerful. Acts said, when they, before they would do a miracle, many times Peter would say, look on us. Look at us. Look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. Gaze. Gaze at me. It's very powerful. His eyes are looking out through your eyes. In the same way that your eyes are looking out through his eyes and heavenly things. It's a great mystery, but union has taken place. That's why your hands are his hands. We pray for the sick. It's not our hands that heal, but his hands are within your hands. It's awesome. It's awesome reality. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. A spiritual reality we can't really understand, but it's powerful. It's so powerful that the shadow of Peter would heal the sick as he walked into a room. It's of heaven. It's, of, it's not of this world. What is the victory that overcomes the world? Simple faith. To believe. Never forget. Never forgetting who we are. If God be for us, who or what can be against us? music playing there's music playing in heaven heaven is not wringing its hands all authority has been given to him it's like a beautiful FM station that you don't have on the right channel and so you don't hear it in your car and then you turn it just a little bit and there it is and it's like awesome did it just start playing no. It was playing through your car the whole time. Yes. Remember, the gospel is so awesome because no matter what storms are coming at us, no matter what the enemy is trying to do to us, no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what our flesh, our own weaknesses, our own fear of our own flesh, the world, the flesh, the devil, the three things, the three biggies, doesn't matter the anchor holes within the veil he sat down he sat down the lamb who was slain for me for you who came to take away my sin sat down none of the priests could sit down under the old covenant because their work was never done for they only covered sin year by year but this one this one Hebrew says sat down until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. The enemies are who? Those who deny that it's finished. Those who seek to make you doubt who you are are his enemies. For the Lord knows those who are his and he is able to keep them from evil 
For what God blesses, He keeps. The Lord bless you and keep you. Is the ancient high priestly prayer that the Lord says, pray this prayer to invoke my name. Invoke my name to bring, my, to bring the, a manifest presence among you. Say this prayer. The Lord bless you, keep you, because he's already blessed us in all spiritual blessings, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And he will keep us. For I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. And the Lord will preserve me from all evil and bring me into his eternal kingdom. Manifestly. Awesome. The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord's face shine upon us. Be gracious to us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. Grace and peace. Hidden in the ancient high priestly prayer was the finished work of Christ. Grace and peace. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord give you peace. The countenance lifted up means I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. Because you have believed. As he came on that Christmas morning, a Savior is born for you. God, well pleased with man, to dwell with man. Let no power or persuasion deter you from who you are and doing what you've call, been called to do. Let no power or persuasion deter you from your task because you are a son and a daughter of God and life is in your words. Life is in your words. sword of the Spirit is in your hand. Even the Word of God. Lift up the shield of faith. Encourage each other. Awesome. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for the encouragement. Lord, teach us how to remember these things as we wait on you. Remember that it is the Spirit that does all things, that we can do nothing apart from you. Teach us to remember that we are the sons and daughters of God. I pray we never forget who we are. No matter how far we may have drifted in our walk after the flesh, we remain, we remain the sons and daughters of God. For the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. They are without change of mind by God. The gifts and callings of God will not be changed by God. You're my son. You're my daughter. Be at peace. Thank you, Lord, that you're showing us the wiles of the enemy and how he tries to discourage us, wear us down, cause us to doubt. But as we rest and lift the sail, the wind blows. The Spirit does His work. For when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord shall lift up a shield against it. I am with you. I am inside of you. 
and the evil one touches you not. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement of the Spirit. Thank you for the sunrise and the sunset and the stars at night and the breeze on our face. Thank you for the grass. Thank you for the trees. Thank you for the water. Thank you for the mountains. Thank you for the awesome universe. Galaxies and galaxies and galaxies. You're so big, so huge. You call us your kids. You call us your kids. And soon we'll all, we're all going home. Soon we're all going home. In Jesus' name. Amen.